KKR, Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and KYJC, Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, how do you know when the right time is to sell your car? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Good afternoon, this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Tony Joe's here with me as he is every Friday to take your Car Corner question. The number to call is 1-877-913-5357. 1-877-913-5357. You can also go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. And if you got a question for me, just go to the uh, link at the top of the the uh, top of the web page that takes you to the qu- the Q and A. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you today. Uh, whatever we can do to help you, that's on the website www.prudentmoney.com. Also on the front page, it's not done yet. But uh, and Tony Joe, I don't I, I don't even know if you know this, but we're going to put your own. We're, we're creating your own car corner page at the uh, that's going to go on the front of the. Website and be careful what you're going to say. No, you, yes, you're, going to, you're getting a grin on your face. I just, just know it's not going to be good. I'm not getting a grin. On so, me. anyways, people can send in questions and uh, specifically about their cars. An easy way to get information about you. How about that? Well, thank you. Very nice. That sounds awesome, Bob. Um, you know, I reserve. <laughs> The right to not comment anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And I have the right to change the subject. Okay, so not a whole lot's happening with the UAW. They're uh, contemplating on whether they're going to ratchet up or not. Got a new proposal. So that's really nothing new to talk about that. I will say this, and you mentioned earlier, and I agree with you, if this is still going on in a couple of weeks, we probably have a problem. Well, let me just point out something. They didn't ratchet it up this Friday like they did every Friday since, except what I've noticed, and that is that um, when they're in serious negotiations and they think there's a hint of progress, they don't ratchet it up. For instance, this week it happens to be with GM. Last time was two weeks ago. It was with uh, Chrysler. Uh, their uh, I forgot the <laughs> Stellara. Stel- uh, yeah, well, I, know, I, don't, anyway. I don't know. Anyway, Bob, I've noticed one thing. They haven't ratcheted it up yet. But if they think there's a hint of progress, they they halt the 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 uh, the. Uh, uh, increasing the strike or broadening the strike. And then by next week, the negotiations may fall apart, and then they hit them again. They ratchet it up again. So there's no way to know. It just happens to be right now they're in negotiations. You know, it, what's interesting is this is a, a strike of the United Auto Workers, obviously. I didn't I want to mention <clears throat> that so they know what we're talking about. But there, the there's GM, 
that there's the three major ones. All three major ones at the same so time. So there could be a – if one sets a proposal, then the other two could fall in line or not fall in line. But here's what's, here's what's very interesting about this is that GM to the government is just like Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan is to the government. So it would make sense that GM comes to the table first with government help behind the scenes – you know what I mean? Are you referring to like back in during the Obama administration when they bought they saved GM? Yes. They, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you, you you've got you got the government acting that's right. That's smart because a lot of people don't remember that. When and you that said is, GM, that mm-hmm. that just triggered that. Yeah, because government GM motors <laughs> actually is owned still a large part of it. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that's why no corruption an awful there. Awful lot of politics in this thing, Bob. Awful lot of politics. And there always has been, by the way. People don't realize politics have always played a huge part in the auto industry, the manufacturing of automobiles. That is, you know, the UAW has always been a Democratic association, okay? Always supported by the Democrats. And today, uh, they're kind of... Not so supported. Well, they are. They're still democratic organization, as far as I'm concerned. But they're kind of striking back a little bit. They're mm-hmm. protesting. They're they're not going along with the company line anymore like they used to. So it'll, I don't know what's going on. I it'll be. I'm a little guy who just listens to the news and gets everything I can. But I don't know. But I do know it's a very interesting dynamic in what's going on. And most people aren't going to hear a lot about it. We were talking earlier. There's not a lot of publicity, but it's a very critical part of our infrastructure in our uh, economic uh, GDP, whatever you want to refer to it. But it's kind of interesting what's going on, and you and I both know that. The uh, word you were looking for, Chris, and it uh, to economy st- Stellantis, I think S T E L L A N T U S. Stellantis, yeah. This, that's, uh, you know what's interesting? Chrysler's been bought by so many people that it's hard for me to keep up. <laughs> Mercedes, the, you know. Here's the funny thing. The, this this week, do you do you watch Fox and Friends ever or, or no? It's, I mean, it's, it's a very, very, very popular cable news program in the morning, and, and it's been going on for decades. I've heard of it. I, I, it must be on when I'm not home. But well, they, they do these specials where they send a, send a host down to a diner. Mm-hmm. Get people's opinions, and so they do, they've done diners all over the country, okay. and then usually, most of the time, a, a politician shows up. Well, I happened to go for breakfast to meet a friend of mine, and I walked in. There's all these lights and cameras. Ted Cruz was there, here in Dallas. Yeah, here in Dallas was here doing interview, doing interviews, meeting people, and that kind of thing. And a guy, I was watching this whole thing. So I sat in the back of the room. I was watching all this thing play out, and I thought to myself. There is so much power behind politics. Just, I mean, it just really dawned on me just how how much power was was in that room. Just just with the one senator, how he carried himself, how you know the things that go on in the White House in Congress, and so when they start getting involved, it's interesting what happens. Yeah, did you? Was that this week? That was just two days ago. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, you're right. It it's it's funny how. Uh, you know, if you're impressed by that kind of thing, but 
It's just really interesting. They're just guys like me and you, Bob. You know, they're just regular people. Yeah, no, they are. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, Did you get his autograph? No, I didn't. I didn't get my picture taken with him either. So let's talk a little bit about you You have a car. You've put a lot of miles on it. You've you've got four or $5,000 potentially you have to put into it. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you're up against this major decision. Do I sell this car, trade it in, whatever, or do I pour money into it as an investment, hoping it's going to last another 50, 7,500,000 miles? Don't have a car payment. Would love to be able to salvage this car. I think it's, it's one of the tougher, tougher scenarios to come up against. So, so someone brings you a car like that, uh, what, what's kind of like the first thing you check on? Okay. When, and they do a lot, people, I try to help people make a good decision on whether to keep or get rid of their car. Now, keep in mind that I always tell them right up front, look, let's not play games. You know, the best thing for me is for you to keep your car and me to fix everything. Yeah, yeah. The best thing for you may be a different thing story so i just want to be honest up front that's what i tell people i said let me look at the car give me it for a day let me drive it around check it put it in the air look at things try to evaluate where you are and what you're going to need to be done you know the car's got a hundred and say sixty thousand miles on it and you're curious should i keep it or should i get rid of it well keep in mind bob that right now this particular moment in time, it's a different environment than what we've experienced in the past 20 years. Why? Well, because the car market is incredibly inflated to the point of ridiculous. And now that makes your decision-making uh, factors different. So one of the things that I try not to be Bob Brooks, I try to just ask him, it's none of my business. I don't care. I just want to know, are you in a financial position where you could maybe get rid of this car and get something new? And many, oftentimes it's no, I'm not. So now we have to look at, okay, even if they're not in a financial position and they've got so many things wrong with it, I'm still going to tell them to get rid of the car, okay? But all these factors, I've got to be informed a little bit as to where the person is financially so that I can try to decide whether they should keep it or not. Now, buying a used car right now is incredibly expensive. You know that. It, it really is. Let me, let, me, let me jump in there and say that it, it seems like, just from what I'm watching, is that the, the prices of, of pre-owned cars spiked maybe at the beginning of the year, started to come down have come down now they're going back up again here we let me just inter, interject one thing and then i'll let you continue depending on this strike bob it's going to make a big difference yeah too. and so, i don't think i don't think the strike has anything to do with this yet but it but but, but it will it but will, it will think it, still, it continues yeah, exactly. so that's another factor that we're it's an unknown we're in uncharted territory at the moment anyway continue so. no i was just going to say and i don't mean to jump in there but i was going to say it it looks it for, for whatever reason, it looks like prices are going back up, and we're starting to see this cycle I agree. Again. That's kind of what I'm saying. I, I agree with and you. And then what's, what's interesting about that, like I said, I don't think it has anything to do with the, the strike. 
Now you factor that in there. Um, so we'll see. Uh, that, that's it's an interesting but do you story. Get what I'm saying is, a lot of folks, uh, regular blue collar people that work at a job and have to make a living and feed their kids and make their house payment, I really my heart goes out to them. I I just try to help them the best possibility for them. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. This is Bob Brooks. Stick around. We'll be right back. The word for today is excited to announce the new official online home for the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith and K. Smith. PastorChuck.org. At PastorChuck.org, you'll have instant access to thousands of hours of verse-by-verse teaching by Pastor Chuck Smith from Genesis through Revelation and full access to special messages on subjects such as prophecy and much, much more. Also at PastorChuck.org, a full library of great teachings by K. Smith and a section where you can read some of Pastor Chuck's books online, all free of charge. So visit the new official online home of The Word for Today and the ministry of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. PastorChuck.org Christians are rarely popular, but they're of immeasurable value to the world. Like Joseph, who was mistreated by his brothers and imprisoned by Egypt. And yet God used this unlikely hero to save the world from a devastating famine. So how will God use you today? Monday on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares shares how we, like Joseph, can make a difference for God in a hostile culture. That's coming up Monday on Focal Point. Focal Point, weekday mornings at 830, here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Dynamic, practical, life-changing. There's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life. Join us each day as Pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life. It's Destined for Victory on this great station. Weekday afternoons at 3.30 here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the special car corner edition of Prudent Money. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. Do have a line open? We'd love to hear from you today. Uh, whatever's on your mind. You know what was what struck me, Tony Joe, was that you've really got to be able to trust someone, a mechanic that that you know. Hopefully, somebody you've gone to forever and you can trust them are going to steer you right on that. Because, like you said, the the reality is that's probably a lot of expensive repair work that's good for the shop, good for the mechanic. And and, 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 and it's even harder. What's even harder is to take a, a person who is probably ethically going to make the right decisions but justifies and looks at it just like you said, maybe it could or maybe it couldn't. Uh, go, you know, it's going to last, but justifies fixing it. And that's that's tough to know <clears throat> what's going on with your, uh, the person that you're trying, that you're working with. Right. Well, you know, <clears throat> before you paint me as, a, as an angel, I just want to say this. I'd never do this. that. Don't yeah. worry about that. You know, <laughs> the, the reason I was pointing out whether you should get rid of your car or not, is this the time or not? Do we have major headaches coming our way or not? Well, each car is different, of course, Bob. You know, everything has to be evaluated on its own individual basis and what's wrong with the car. And it's kind of a lot of work to go through. It's kind of 
each case has to be separately analyzed. So if the person can't afford to get rid of the car and it's got a bunch of problems, what you can do and what often I recommend they do is let's take the most serious, like the dangerous things, Right. Get those fixed. Yeah, safety issues. As your budget can afford, you get the dangerous stuff out of the way so you've got safe transportation. Then you follow that up with, like, you may have a front-end problem that's dangerous to drive. And you may have a lot of maintenance that's gone by the wayside. You didn't do it when you were supposed to, and now it's way overdue. Get the car safe to drive first, especially if you got children, you know. Then... You follow up with the maintenance items as you can, one at a time. You can't do all this at once, but you can do the most uh, danger, uh, the most uh, priority-involved uh, uh, procedures first. Then the next major thing. Then the third. Then the fourth. You know, take it in little bites at a time. Well, and I th- you you bring up you bring up a great point because I would imagine. Most people in your business are not, whether they're ethical or not, has no no bearing on it, are not going to take the time. Unfortunately, very few for a small percentage are going to take the time to detail out a plan for you. And so now that you, if you're in that situation, you know that that's what you can suggest here. Hey, can you, can we take care of the safety items first, which, which is a great piece of advice. Yeah, and most people go along with what I recommend only because I try to explain to them this is dangerous. This is not safe to drive. Uh, boiling it down to the major thing that everybody could relate to would be like a bald tire. Hey, you got a bad tire. It may blow out on you on the highway. You need to get this tire first. Then we can address the rest of the issues with the car, but that's just oversimplifying something. Just so, so you know, can relate to something it. like a Mercedes or an, an Audi or a higher end car won't take a whole lot <clears throat> of work to, to to bring a big bill. But on the other hand, most of the high end cars like that, people can afford to fix them. Yeah, that's true. That's good. good you point. know, uh, we're talking about Chevrolets and Buicks and you know, regular folks that uh, try to just. Salt of the earth people, you know, good folks. Yeah, it, it's just it's amazing when you when you look at cars and you compare the costs and and that, I think that that's something that before someone goes out and buys a, a particular brand, you know, what kind of research do you, have you done to make sure that you're not buying something that's really going to saddle you with big bills? Right. We we try to explain to people when they ask me what kind of a car do you think is a good car. I hate that question. Because they're all good cars. They really are. It's how you take care of them. But I remind people that if you're going to buy an Audi or you're going to buy a Lexus, you're going to pay more for the maintenance in general. The higher the cost of the vehicle, usually the maintenance costs are going to be higher as well. And the insurance may, in fact, be higher as well. So there's a lot of things that people need to know about before they make a, a decision on buying a car. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. That is the number to call if you got a question for Tony Joe. So I sent you someone that I that I know very well, mm-hmm. and uh, told her, you know, you, you can trust Tony Joe and what he tells you to do. She and, fell for it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So anyway, uh, and what's interesting is that. 
you seldom tell somebody hey, you need to get rid of this you need to get rid of this vehicle i mean be, mm -hmm. just because but you you made the comment to me can i never put these two two quite two things together you said she beat the system she did and talk a little bit about this this is a a jeep wasn't it it was a jeep and it, it is a jeep had almost 213 jeep had almost 200,000 miles on mm -hmm. it which is not a lot so, well, no, well, it's it's so so this this would still be a candidate for another hundred thousand sure, miles. Certainly, in most cases, in most if, cases, if if what, if she had done some of the maintenance prior to the mileage she had two hundred thousand almost. Okay, uh, not that it's a big sin or anything. It's just that she lived with a lot of little issues that made <clears throat> her car. Um, less, uh, I don't know, how can I say normal? I mean, people get in her car, what's that noise? You know, what's this? You know, she, she put lived, up with a lot of she things. She put up with a lot of little things. Now, here's what happened. She, she, she acquired uh, 200,000 miles almost, and she needed a lot of nothing specifically wrong as far as breakdowns, but she needed a whole bunch of maintenance to catch up on, lots of it. And... She maintained this car to this point without doing a lot of the maintenance issues, which is okay. And then it came to the point where Tony, Bob, sent me over here. I want you to evaluate my car, see what you think. And, of course, I did. And so I ended up with this uh, laundry list of maintenance issues, mostly maintenance stuff, stuff that just needed to be caught up on. And at this point... She was in a position to replace the car if she needed to. And I said, here, okay, here is, the, here is the issue as far as I can see. You can, you can invest this amount of money into this car. It's a 2013 Jeep with 200,000 miles on it. Or you could not spend a dime on this car, not even one cent, and trade it in as is and get a new car. It's up to you. This is totally your decision to make and she said well what would you do and I said if I were you I think I'd wash my hands of this let it go to a dealer or trade it in somebody that's going to do all the maintenance and then resell it yeah because it's still once you put because the money at their, oh, yeah. co their cost not your cost sure that uh, that gets quick uh, gets fixed pretty quick right. and it's a sellable car they'll do all the maintenance issues catch everything up and they'll put it out for sale for you know quite a bit of money and they'll make a profit mm -hmm. on it right. where she also wins because she's not going to have to invest one single solitary diamond into this thing she didn't pay all the, all that so, money up front right i mean through the years and it is difficult to achieve that bob she beat the system and that's very difficult to do for most folks so some cars do fall through the cracks like that and it's what you're willing to put up with so I haven't looked at a maintenance book in a, in a while. <laughs> what, what is what is typically how far through, through the cycle of miles does does a, a maintenance book go? As far as these are design maintenance, this happens at sixty, this happens at a hundred. I mean, where's it? Where does it typically? That's a good question. I stop. I think it stops at around one hundred and seventy-five thousand. Does it go that high? I, I think it does. Yeah, on the new cars now, on the later models now, it didn't ever go that high. Years ago, it never went past one hundred and twenty. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what after I, that's kind of what I remember. Yeah, let's say between 120 and 170, 
you're kind of on your own as far as what you need to do and when you need to do it. That's why you need someone that you can trust to help you decide what needs to be done at this point and what can you not deal with or worry about anymore. You know, I've seen so many things that that go wrong and cause great expense when the issue would have been resolved with a little bit of maintenance just previous to the big breakdown. It really is a sad thing to watch sometimes, but the fact is people are hurting financially right now, and you can't, you know, if the car goes, it goes. And that's something that I don't find fault with because if I was in that position, I'd do the same thing. Right. Yeah, I really would. But Mm -hmm. it's hard to stress the fact that the maintenance on a car will allow you to keep that car. Hopefully it's paid for and you won't have to be forced, you know, with another five years of car payments. Or maybe the car's almost paid for and you really don't want to do this again. You'd like to get it paid for and then go on with your life. But if you're going to decide to do that, you need to take a little bit of care of the car. Like anything else, if you don't take care of it, it's going to end up ruining something. And that can be expensive. There isn't anything today that's cheap on a car anymore. Nothing. Yeah, especially, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of inflation in, in auto parts. and. Uh... Yeah, it's really starting to become a problem. Yeah. We could talk about that sometime. This is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.